This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. I'm Anne Marie Schieber of Healthcare News. I am going to start with a question my guest today recently posed in an op-ed regarding the organization AARP. Now, many people are familiar with AARP. It is a nonprofit that purports to represent the interests of seniors. If you are over age 50, you probably get their glossy, celebrity-filled publication sent to your house without asking. Recently, AARP came out in favor of the Medicare drug plan that Democrats in Congress pushed as part of the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. My guest today, Chris Jacobs, the founder of Juniper Research, has done a lot of research into AARP and asks, why would an organization that advocates for seniors support a bill that raided nearly a quarter of a trillion dollars from Medicare? Great question. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. Chris, um, first for our listeners, can you tell us how the Inflation Reduction Act reduced Medicare spending by more than $250 billion? Sure. There were several provisions in there relating to prescription drugs and pharmaceuticals, several provisions that uh, impose various versions of drug price controls that um, there's, quote, negotiation between the Department of Health and Human Services and the pharmaceutical companies, which is essentially will turn into a take it or leave it proposition that dr- drug companies have to take take a lower lower price for their for their prescriptions. So there were several provisions in there. Um, there was also a provision which was um, postponing or delaying a Trump administration rule that has never Mm. gone into effect and really probably never will go into effect. Um, Some of this was was smoke and mirrors financing, but certainly they did um, lower overall Medicare spending. And I think the important point there is they were lowering Medicare spending not to preserve Medicare or not to improve the solvency of Medicare or extend the life of the Medicare trust fund, but to fund climate pork, to fund 87,000 IRS employees, and to fund all sorts of other liberal big government priorities, just like the left rated Medicare in 2010 to pay for Obamacare. Mm, Okay. All right. Let's talk about ARP. Now, um, if this glossy publication is any indication, this is a well-funded nonprofit. Um, Is this money from senior donations? Most of their money is not from donations in the sense of most of their money comes from selling things to seniors that AARP. And I've, I've looked at this. uh, I've done several, several papers on ARP for American commitment. And then even prior to that, when I worked in the Senate, AARP consistently makes about $300 million from member member fees, which sounds like a lot. And it is a lot in the larger scheme of things, but they make about a billion dollars in royalty fees and products and services basically selling stuff to consumers and the biggest the lion's share of that by far is selling health insurance products to aarp members so they will charge members a nominal amount for the 
the membership fee, where they really make their money is by getting seniors to buy AARP health insurance, life insurance, cell, cell phone programs, anything else branded with the AARP name. They're really a marketing firm with a, a an advocacy, advocacy arm on the side. Yeah, and, and seniors don't really think about this. They just think of it as having, and I, I call it ARP because it's easy to say, but you know, at one point it used to be the what would the American Association of Retired Persons, and they changed their name to AARP. Um, so uh, you hear it referred to in variety of ways. But it's interesting because you you think this is an organization that is looking out for the interests of seniors, and so they might buy these plans because they see the AARP stamp of approval on them. Um, but they're not uh, these these plans are. Um, you know, not necessarily the best choices for maybe some people. I, I don't know. We I, I want to ask you a little bit more about how this setup works in a minute. But um, how United Health uh, it has a relationship with the insurance company United Health. Um, how do insurance companies and perhaps United Health benefit from the Inflation Reduction Act, where they cut all this Medicare spending? Sure. So in two primary ways. First is they benefit from prescription drug price controls because if the price of pharmaceuticals is lower, then insurance companies can potentially make more profit on the insurance products they sell. Second, um, the Inflation Act um, extended the higher Obamacare subsidies for an additional three years, and there's about $64 billion in spending on Obamacare subsidies. Congress, uh, the Democratic Congress jammed through in March of 2021 under the guise of COVID relief, a temporary, a two-year increase in Obamacare subsidies such that people making, in, in some cases, making three or $400,000 a year can now qualify as, quote, low income to receive, receive Obamacare insurance subsidies. Uh, as soon as these, quote, temporary subsidies were enacted and went into law, instantly Democrats worked on making them permanent. It was, it was never about um, COVID relief or it was never about a, a temporary provision. They extended them for three more years as part of the Inflation Act, and that was $64 billion, and it was again rated from Medicare. Just like Democrats rated Medicare to pay for Obamacare in 2010, they did the exact same thing last year to pay for an extension of Obamacare subsidies. Now, you know, the Democrats did a lot of bragging in the last election about how the IRA controls the price of drugs and Medicare. And and I'll tell you, if you ask most seniors who don't follow this stuff, they, they think this is a great thing. It's a positive development um, because they're going to spend less money on drugs. Um, how do these price dr- these drug price controls, though, actually hurt them? Yeah, the, it's... Unfortunately, you get a, a, an immediate benefit for, a, a, and the cost is is less visible to people. It's the drugs, new drugs that don't get invented. It's the new therapies that don't come online as quickly because pharmaceutical companies are already cutting back on their their research and development budgets. You see, perhaps if you have a, a drug that's approved for one type of cancer. Maybe you would put more money in to say, let's see if it works on other cancers. 
you're already seeing companies not doing that or, or backing out of those investments. And so this is where you, you think, well, I'll save $100 now. Well, that may cost you down the line because that drug or therapy that you need might not be there when you need it. Yeah. And, you know, drug companies are not nonprofits. They have to make a profit to survive. And, you know, if they know that the government's going to come in and slash their prices, you're right. They don't have any incentive to spend all this money going through the regulatory process and testing these drugs for new uses. Um, let's go back to this arrangement that AARP has with United Health. Now, does AARP have to disclose the surcharge that it receives from these Medicap policies that it sells in its glossy publications? Um, do they even know about this? And, and how does this impact competition in the Medigap market? Sure. Most, most seniors do not. In fact, several seniors in various states have leveled fraud lawsuits against AARP because they did not realize that AARP takes 4.95 cents out of every dollar that seniors pay to, 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 to line their own pockets, essentially. And what that means is <clears throat> not only that AARP is getting rich, but AARP has an incentive to sell you more insurance than, they need, than you need or an insurance product that you don't even need at all. And they have an incentive to jack up premiums because with every additional dollar that seniors pay, AARP makes more makes more money yeah the i mean five percent is considerable yeah yeah the national association of insurance commissioners has a series of guidelines best practices etc that they say when you're working with an insurance broker or an agent that they should have to disclose any percentage-based commissions up front and say i'm getting a percentage of the fee here you need to know that this is a good consumer practice well, back in 2012, when I was working in the Senate for then-Senator DeMint, we sent a letter to AARP with a series of questions about their business practices, one of which is, are you complying with this NAIC guideline, best practice? Mm -hmm. And we got a response, but we didn't get an answer. They didn't say yes, and, 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 and they didn't say no. They just ignored the question. Now, mm -hmm. What does that say in terms of the way AARP is behaving and whether or not they are being transparent about this and disclosing all of this information to, to, to consumers? Again, AARP says they want transparency, but they're not being very transparent about their own business practices. They're not being very transparent with seniors because if seniors knew they were being overcharged five cents on every dollar, they may say, well, I'm not going to take that. I'm going to go elsewhere. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. the other problem is, is the insurance commissioners. State insurance commissioners really should be cracking down on these kind of sleazy practices, and they have not gone after, to the best of my knowledge, AARP and said, you need to make this explicit. You need to get explicit authorization from seniors for, th for this kind of conduct. Yeah, it's like they're turning a blind eye to it, and then AARP turns around and lobbies for policies that don't serve seniors, like cutting Medicare uh, to pay for green initiatives and all that stuff. Um, I mean, this is a clear example, it seems like, of cronyism, the kind of cronyism that is driving the country into the ground. Um, you know, Social Security and Medicare are in big trouble. 
Um, and it's hard to believe with the trillions of dollars in debt the country is facing um, how this happens. I mean, how, how do we how do we look at this? How do we turn this what you call a leviathan around? Yeah, I, there there are several way, ways to go after this. On on AARP specifically, I think first state insurance commissioners need to get engaged and need to start acting. Congress certainly, since Republicans took control of the House. They they investigated back in 2011 when they they took control of the house in, in uh, after the 2010 elections. Subsequently, ramped up some investigations. Hopefully, we'll we'll see Congress doing some investigations and oversight in the next few years about these business practices. So I think shining a spotlight on that sun sunlight is always the best disinfectant, and it's why AARP doesn't like to reveal information about its business practices and whether or not it's transparent with its with its with its members. I think in a in a broader sense, we we need to lay the groundwork for for doing reforms. As you mentioned, Social Security and Medicare are on a path to insolvency, and we need to start making reasonable reforms. Unfortunately, it's organizations like AARP that, that in many cases are standing in the way. In one of my pri- in several of my prior reports for American Commitment when I was in the Senate, AARP blocked reform of the Medicare benefit and, and Medigap insurance in which roughly four in five, four out of five or 80 percent of seniors would receive a financial benefit of about $400 per year. Essentially, it would be a case where seniors would benefit and taxpayers would benefit because you were funneling less money through insurance companies. And so there's less overhead and less profit for the insurance companies. It's great for seniors. It's good for the federal budget, and it's good for extending the solvency of Medicare. But AARP, because they are walking arm in arm with the nation's largest insurance company, United Health, had a clandestine lobbying in, in, uh, campaign, sent letters to, to members of Congress, didn't tell the public or didn't tell its own members what they were doing because they are so badly conflicted by these financial obligations as a, as a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. Yeah. Well, maybe we should change what AARP stands for and call it the American Association for Retaining Profits, <laughs> because it doesn't seem to be working um, to protect seniors. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on the podcast and the light you shine on our government. And, and I'll have a link in our podcast notes to the AARP analysis that you did with American Commitment. All good stuff. Um because I'm sure our listeners will want to see firsthand how this money uh, for this, quote, nonprofit is raking in from the relationship it has with with the health insurance industry. Keep up the good work, Chris. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. All right. Chris Jacobs is the founder of Juniper Research and the author of The Case Against Single Payer. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. As always, share our link. Become a regular subscriber if you want to become better informed on free market solutions and the many threats to good old-fashioned competition. This is Anne-Marie Schieber. Thank you for joining us.